Hello, everybody. Welcome hey, to hey, episode 20 of Watch and Talk. And this week we watched an episode called The Fall's, Falls gonna, gonna Kill, kill Ya. I like that it uh, enshrines that the word gonna is a real word. Yeah. Because I think it should be. Is that in the dictionary yet? Did we gonna. get that? Yeah. Gonna, finna, finsta. Wanna. Fauna, wanna. Definitely fauna. a word. Gunta. Gump. Yeah. That's a little grosser. Yeah. Anyways, that's a word I use a lot. Um, I use it in professional communications. <laughs> I use one. I use one. I use wanna and gonna all the time, and just people just roll with it. <laughs> Maybe I look like an idiot in the process, but I'm, I'm sticking <laughs> with it. I'm gonna make it a real word. It's I'll my life's mission. Like a wanna, but not a not a gonna. <laughs> look, if wouldn't have is a totally legit word. Anything. Wh- Whomstav. <laughs> <laughs> So previously, Wait, on... hold on. First, we had a little bit of uh, mail mailbag follow up mailbox. We had a mailbag. Uh, we heard from a reader in an allegation, Listen. which I believe Listening. is false. We had a reader. <laughs> okay, I oh, will hit it again. Okay, okay. We read from a listener. Uh, false, totally false allegation. There've been a lot of false allegations. Yeah, nowadays. completely false. Uh, that some. People here on staff were saying we're mispronouncing the White House Counsel's name, which I find hard to believe. Who was mispronouncing? Apparently, his name is Oliver Babish. 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 Like Bish? Yeah, Babish. Yabish. Babish. Babish. Yeah. I'm not Babbage like a cabbage. Not Babbage like cabbage. Not who? Babbage like the electronic store either. Not like Babbage's. Who is was Homestead. it? All of us, oh my God, or was it flooded me with one of us? <laughs> might, have, might have been me. Okay. It, the it claim. Was, the claim might have been directed at me. It was not me. I honestly I can't say either way if I was correct or not. Did that? Did that person who brought this up quantify the? annoyance factor there for was them a, there in was hearing a, us mispronounce mm, it mm-hmm, yeah because if they didn't quantify it how do i know whether to compare it to the annoyance factor of having to change my habits it's hard to compare yeah but i will stand by all previous and future pronunciations all right. thank you thank you for paying attention okay. uh so yeah previously on spoken by cj uh oliver babish is concerned about the legal exposure there was a subtle thing about cj kind of picking up on some clues that people know something's up that she doesn't know. And they zeroed in on Zoe's admission form is possibly the place where they might be the most exposed. They left out one thing. The new White House defense strategy is bring it on. And I just... Uh, another uh, embattled politician in the real world... That has, was a real thing, right? ...has uh, latched on to the phrase, bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, that was a so real... So I'm going to... Here's a tweet from November 15th, 2007 by at Moore Senate, Judge Roy Moore. Oh. Dear Mitch McConnell, bring it oh. on. Huh. And then every response huh. is, that's a movie about high school cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh. not the best association. Also, but I wonder if he picked it up from the West Wing. Well, I believe that a uh, a President W. Bush did a bring it on gaffe, you might say, about fucking terrorists or some shit. Oh, like... And it was deemed like kind of... Uh, like you're just taunting people to kill the, yeah, the troops. Like maybe... Yeah. Was that... Did that happen? I, yeah, that was definitely something like that. Yeah. Okay. That feels right. Yeah. 
I'm saying that happened. Mm-hmm. Sure. So first scene, CJ and Babish, it's 5.30 a.m. Um, they established this is six days after the last episode, and they lay out a little bit of a timeline. When did you find out about the president's MS? Last night when Leo told me. When did he tell you? I'm sorry? When did the president tell you? Six days ago. And Josh? Two days after that. Toby? Two days before he told me. Notably, Sam has not found out, and that's a plot line in this episode. I don't know you. I'm sorry? I was told to report to you. I don't know you. You've been here, what? Three months. Three months, so why should I trust you? Well, I don't care if you trust me or not. Imagine my shock. I got better things to do with my imagination. Very, very quickly, he goes to the number of divorces he has as a character flaw. (laughs) I think this is going really well so far, Oliver. It's almost hard to believe that four different women have sued you for divorce. Nasty. I feel like that's a low blow. Real nasty. I think Oliver Babish is a lovely person, it seems, even though he doesn't like charming people. And he is not charmed. He's not charmed. He makes a point of saying. Yeah. He raises the threat of CJ having to answer to a subpoena. She says, Well, I have to tell you, it'll be the first time I've been asked out in quite a while. Is this verification that CJ does not fuck? Yeah. Mm Because we were discussing this last week. I think it is. 100. Because if she's not even getting asked out, she's not fucking, most likely. She just seems kind of tense. Sticking point that Babish has is... Have you ever lied about the president's health? And she dances around the question for a little while, but then at the end, she says, many, many times. She admits it. She's a big fat liar. Do they establish a specific time when she lied about the president's health in this episode? They do later, yeah. Yes. I I don't think they do. Yes, if you define lying as saying a false thing. Because she... But what... Maybe we can... uh, get to this at the end but i don't think there was any particular thing where they said you said a thing and it was wrong I yeah think... like he's in fantastic health they show, they show the video but she didn't know that no, no no that okay you're talking about the intent and i think that matters right but yeah as far like she makes a point of like as yeah. far, i was told this and i said it but this is the first part of many this is the first of many examples throughout the episode of how attorneys trick people into committing perjury when the concept of lying is ill-defined. What do you mean by that? Like, what I would do is I'd be like, did you lie when you said blah, 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 blah? And someone would say, no. And then later on, I'll say, so when you said blah, 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 was that true? And then they'll say, no. And then you're like, oh, so when you told me that you didn't lie then, you were lying when you said that. Is it a lie if you believe it? It's not a lie if you believe it. Right. Quote sign, right. no. and, and honestly, I th- it depends. You have to define lying, right? Like lying could have a component of intent and lying might not can, have a yeah, component can, of Knowingly intent. misleading. Can a statement that was, to your knowledge, true when you said it retroactively become a lie? And I okay, don't yeah. think so, it can. So then the episode, and we're getting a little ahead, explores the concept of willful ignorance. And that's the gray area, right? Yeah, and that's definitely something CJ is in. And it's a hard call. It's like if you if you purposefully restrict what you know so that you can avoid having to lie, you kind of are implicitly aware of the fact that you're lying. Okay, so maybe that's what she meant by that. But I, I don't think there was... I figured it was going to be something where it was just... The president wasn't feeling well, and they somebody said, "How's the president's feeling? How today?" And I said, "He's doing great." But I knew he had a cold. That's what I thought they were gonna set it up as: is like, 
oh, I tell a hundred little white lies every day. Right, because like her job is to make the president look strong and resilient. Right, and it wouldn't make any sense of like, oh, he stubbed his toe this morning. He's not feeling, or he has a <laughs> headache. Like, there's no reason to report yeah. that. But she also does lie all the time. Not about the president's health, but about all sorts of other stuff that she's not allowed to disclose. I mean, that was a whole, that was her main plot line in season yeah. one was like learning how to lie. And they made a big, like, right. epic, like, emotional score moment out of it mm-hmm. of like, oh, she finally learned how to tell a lie to the press. Isn't CJ growing? Yes. <laughs> they go to the credits on many, many times. I, I thought there was going to be more. It, going into the credits makes it seem like an important thing. Um, so the, after that, there's Donna and the first of uh, our walking metaphors in this episode. It's this guy, Mr. Connolly, um, who we later find out works for the DOJ, but he's just waiting on Josh and Donna tells him to wait. Uh, Donna starts walking around and she kind of treats the like other staffers as kind of like series for her. <laughs> Does anybody know if it's going to rain this afternoon? Call the Navy Yard for me. Yeah. She's like, hey, what's the weather like today? uh can so, you go check on another source <laughs> there was a really interesting thing she said check can you check the navy and i was like why is she asking them to check the navy for the weather and i looked it up and it the turns navy out does the weather the navy has the highest quality most relevant and timely worldwide meteorology and oceanography support to the u.s and other people and there's a whole website for it too my badass friend jordana Um, does uh, meteorology for the navy really yeah you have a best friend that's not us badass friend my badass (laughs) friend jordana all right that's fine shout out yeah that's really cool and they have a website for it it's like a some dot gov website it looks like it's nmoc or nm i'm sorry f yeah, well, MOC is the acronym. Um, when you think about it, they kind of like have to know all like, the weather. Yeah, they gotta know. Yeah, they gotta know. So they're the they're the weather. Yeah, kids. there was a a thing in the West Wing where the boat got caught out in the storm mm-hmm. and a bunch of people died and stuff because right. they didn't properly track the weather. So Ed and Larry come up. They're in a tizzy <laughs> because they got a fax. What? Uh, they got a piece a, a printer made a noise and printed out a piece <laughs> of paper. What? That somebody sent, told the paper remotely to print, says that a huge Chinese satellite is going to come crashing to Earth, and we don't know where, and we don't know when. Seriously? Yeah, it's right here in the facts. And it's so funny. Wow. I don't understand why they think it's so funny, but are they part? Are they in on like the gag? <sighs> are they setting Donna up? Because like. Small spoiler, Josh like doesn't tell Donna about this so that she is worried all day and he thinks it's funny. Do they think Okay, first of all, major the, spoiler. Do they think the <laughs> facts is funny or do they think that setting there are they playing for Donna to make her worry? I like your your version because Which one's my version? <laughs> that, <laughs> that they're they, playing that they're that they're in on the joke on her because they probably get these if they're near the fax machine, these this is the primary mechanism. Is that the, for, is that's their job. Yeah. They monitor the fax this. machine. Yeah, and you know, like fax why would you ever bring this to Donna ever? I think they're just laughing at fax well, no, technology. They no, they, they they're like yeah. they like. Can you believe that they sent like it's like an email, and then it prints like all like all of them. It's like imagine all of your emails just print. And, and you it's need to like send a cover weird, page for them. It's weird printer. Yeah, it's not like it. regular well, type of printer. It's like weird heat printer. So they they gave it to Donna because it's for CJ. 
But CJ's in the in a meeting. And with CJ all has of a ton of support staff. They're so both that's what I. They were like, "Can you get this to CJ?" And I thought it was really weird that they didn't give it to Carol. Yeah. Okay. So I, I I'm suspicious of them because they they think it's far too funny for like what it actually is. Like these two fellows seem to be under the influence of marijuana. This beautiful couple <laughs> that we established last episode is married and has, we'll say, three beautiful children. Thinks it's so funny. Wow. And it's just a nor- it's just a thing. It's just a normal thing. So Leo and Toby and Josh are after that. They are huddling in Leo's office, talking very softly. There's a funny moment where Margaret comes in. No, we don't know which is the more insurmountable problem, the perception that <sighs> the perception Margaret doesn't ask any questions because she's a real pro, but it must have looked suspicious from her end. Um, they they want to do polling on the MS question to figure out how they're going to respond to this. Leo says, how the hell are we going to poll this without tipping people off? Last time we did a poll, we called a reporter inadvertently. <laughs> how do we prevent that from happening again? We want to see some polling. There's no way to gauge public opinion on this until the issue occurs. Public opinion is going to be shaped by the reaction of the press. All public opinion is shaped by the reaction of the press, but the fundamental foundation already exists in their current perception of the Josh, press. Now their strategy for this is to bring in everybody's favorite polling expert, Joey, Joey Lucas. And what she has been told is that they're going to do a poll about subsurface agricultural preferences in the United States about whether people are eating beets. What are some other subs? That- got carrots. There's a lot of Peas. great potatoes, but I'm just, I was briefly yeah. curious. Is that some sort of coded message like that? This is underground. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. cause it's just weird. Like why? I'll, okay. This is where they established. They have not told Sam anything about this yet um, because he is working on a speech and they don't want to like get his head screwed up. They wanted to finish the speech and they're going to tell him by the end of the day. There's Josh and Donna quickly after that. Donna's just worried about the satellite here, and they establish that the satellite's name is Zodiac. Do the Chinese follow the Zodiac? Uh, I feel like they have their own yeah, Zodiac their own. with the chicken and all the shit. they shits. call it the Zodiac? They probably don't they call probably it They probably have that. like a Chinese So why would they call a satellite it. Zodiac? Well, maybe that's just the translation. Like they called it like whatever the word is. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. But speaking of chickens, this whole story, because they you're the chicken chicken. yeah well this whole storyline feels very like chicken little like donna's like the sky is falling the sky is falling to everyone yeah they literally say the phrase the sky is falling yeah literally (laughs) and she's just like running around telling everyone and no one everyone's either believing her or not caring yeah well the senior staff's distracted right right (laughs) and everybody else seems to be in on a massive conspiracy to make fun of her (laughs) that's the real conspiracy uh, there's that guy that was waiting for Josh comes in. So they established he's a Department of Justice like uh, assistant attorney general, and he works on a big like is it, is it class action if the government's doing it? Is that right? Or just no. like it's just a lawsuit? It's just uh, there are certain there are certain things that if they're criminal, they get prosecuted. Uh, I don't know if this was the civil suit against Big Tobacco, but I guess. If you pass, sometimes you can pass a law that says that the attorney general for a state or, you know, the Department of Justice, uh, if it's federal, can like, has like a monopoly on, on a civil lawsuit. Well, yeah, so what we speculated last week with the oil suit, too. Yeah. Oh, I know that like in New York State, uh, there are certain raw, there are certain things that 
if they're done wrong in creating a, a condominium, the developer that created the condominium, it's like the attorney general for the state that has the ability to go after them for the civil hmm. costs of that. They don't actually get into the specifics about what the case is, other than like they lied about the health benefits, I assume, is what the crux of it is. But the DOJ is woefully under-resourced here. We have 31 lawyers on a case against five tobacco companies, just one of which has 342. Tobacco has spent $380 million to the government's 36. So this is a real-world analog, right? We know sure. this. Um, how they The government won, yeah? Yeah, I think so. I wonder... But like, they got a settlement, I thought. Yeah, well, that's how every single lawsuit ends, right? The, none of these end, no lawsuit I mean, most, with the, against a corporation. Most lawsuits end in a settlement. And then the question of whether you won is like whether the lawsuit is proportional to the harm or somehow if it was intended to punish, if it is a real punishment. So there was a, this is in 1998, there was a tobacco master settlement agreement which is a pretty cool son and name. Sweet name. And it was originally between the four largest tobacco companies. I'd never heard of two of them before. So there's Philip Morris, heard of it. R.J. Reynolds, heard of it. Brown and Williamson. And Lori Lard. Mm. Not, that's an unfortunate name. <laughs> and uh, it represented the attorney generals of 46 states were included in this lawsuit. Um, and so the settlement was the original participating manufacturers agreed to pay a minimum of $206 billion what? over the first 25 years of the agreement. $206 billion. Was this a consumer fraud civil case? Does it say? Because that sounds like sometimes the attorney general has the right of action on like a consumer fraud. Exempted right companies from private tort liability regarding harm caused by tobacco use. Does that answer that question? Well, that was the result. Yeah, the in, for for that two hundred and six billion dollar thing, they were right. exempted from any private. I guess suits. I'm just wondering what what allowed the attorneys general of all these states to do the original suit, even if that was the the outcome. Um, me, they were Medicaid lawsuits originally. I think they rolled up a bunch of Medicaid oh. specific ones. So maybe they were having to pay so much in Medicaid reimbursements related uh, for tobacco related things. It, like somebody else has got to pay for this. Two hundred and six billion dollars. That's a lot. I, that I, is I feel like wild. that's a lot. And I was just wondering, like, they could, they could do, they could do it in this world, in the fantasy world of the they show. They can. They, they happen in the it. real world. So you know, just I think, give them the money and you know, stick to it. I think you're you're gonna get there, guys. Well, they talked about the the scale, and I was like, it, they spent four hundred something million dollars. And my initial thought of that is like, what settlement are they possibly avoiding where paying half a billion dollars in legal fees makes sense? And there you go. Yeah, that'll do it. $206 billion. With a B billion? With a B. Wow, that's, that's, the, that's the big billion. That's a large number. <laughs> yeah. Case isn't going well. They ran out of money. They've been doing this other thing where they can like siphon money from other departments, but House passed HR 60. They can't do it anymore. It's, it's not working. But, by the way, I should mention for scale that Apple's profits in, two, uh, I think, 2000. Uh, Apple's profits recently uh. were, oh, 2016 uh. were uh, uh, 45 billion profits 45 billion. in a year. Yeah. 
Yeah, you want to you want to measure profits. I mean, their revenue is like two hundred and fifteen billion. So, well, but they also have two hundred fifty six billion dollars in cash in the bank right now. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, they're a very obviously abnormally profitable company. But I feel like tobacco companies were pretty profitable too. So yeah, I'm ju- I guess totally. I'm just wondering, like, two hundred fifty billion dollars sounds like a lot, but divide that by four companies, you're talking eighty billion dollars over twenty five years. Over twenty five years or longer of what, systematically a cool addicting people and selling them cigarettes. So, but I that certainly know. it's like must it's a lot have, that must have put a dent in the bottom line. It is real money for sure, but you know, I guess I just wonder if if the consequence of that was to immunize them from all private lawsuits. Can you even imagine? I mean, if you take two hundred, all they would be doing is fending off lawsuits. Once the first one passed, but and it's, it's like anybody that, it's that like, had gotten like, cancer can sue you for X millions. Like that would add it up way quicker. Yeah, I mean, two hundred fifty billion dollars divided by I don't know, let's say a hundred million victims. You're talking two thousand five hundred dollars per person. Two dollars. That's not a lot. Yeah, two thousand five hundred dollars per person. That doesn't cover uh, a lot of cancer treatment. No. Right. I mean, maybe it's not 100 million people who died from emphysema over the 50 years or whatever, but still, even if it's like, you know, 10 million people, that's only $25,000 for a wrongful death case. That seems pretty low. Sure. So uh, Josh says he's going to take it up with Leo. He's going to try to get this guy more money. And on the way out, the guy says, this is a fight worth winning. You don't have to convince me. These people perpetrated a fraud against the public. I'm sorry? I said they perpetrated a fraud against the public. The tobacco companies. Yeah. And Josh is like, oh, what? us? You mean us? Just and like what we're done? Yeah, this is uh, number two of, well, I guess he was the first one to be introduced. But like Donna's uh, thing is hurtling towards us. They make pretty explicit as a, as a metaphor. And this is also a very close analog to the broader storyline here. Speaking of Donna's thing hurtling towards us, it turns out that just last month there was a report in the very reliable publication, the New York Post. What? I've heard of it. (laughs) Yeah. That there is a Chinese satellite that is out of control and going to crash to Earth like in the next few months. It's true, folks. And it's called, I'm going to butcher this, Tiangong 1. And nailed it. You should worry. Yeah. Do, Do they establish whether the things just crash somewhere and don't hit anything or do they burn up in re-entry? So most of it burns up in re-entry and then they said that there's some physicists or astrophysicists at Harvard who says that still there will be like parts that are up to 200 pounds that will still get through that. But most of the world is water. Most of the world is not inhabited. So it's it's pretty good numbers. Pretty good luck. Yeah. And CJ and Babish is the next scene. Um, they are Babish, 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 and they are going over s- some of the briefings CJ has done. They're just rewatching them. Um, I guess that seems more for our benefit, just to give us context of what they're talking about. Um, she's like, you know, the president's doing fine. He has this EKG reading, whatever. Um, she talks about what the process is before she goes and gets one of those, and she talks about how the president gets a physical from his doctor and pour one out for Morris president's <laughs> doctor. Oh my God. RIP. Was that like episode three, two or three. Yeah. It's one of Man. the first ones. Uh, and then from that, she also goes and talks to the president as a follow-up um, just in case there's anything that the 
Navy doctor was unable to tell her because of patient doctor confidentiality. Why does she even do that step if she, we learn later, is trying to not be told things that That's are... a good point. Right? It'd be Don't, easy enough for her to just say... she'll get stupid questions like, did you speak to the president about his health? Nope. Spoke mm. to his doctor. No, I didn't. I just spoke to his doctor who didn't tell me anything and I came out here to report. Well, I think the doctor can give her the, you know, the headline numbers yeah i know but like if there is something bad the doctor may not be able to tell her right yeah i mean it makes sense why she does it but i think i think what elise is saying is like if you know that you don't want that answer it's like easy enough to defend saying i spoke to the doctor and everything's good or like don't even talk about what your sources are to say like president's doing fine yeah yeah i guess i just feel like they already established the whole like Everyone always asks, when was the last time you spoke to the president about it? About everything. About anything. Any yeah. issue. You're like, it's like, when did you talk to the president? Is that what the president said? Is the president aware? Blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, but this seems more like a routine thing that happens constantly, like every year. Yeah. True. It's like less of an issue. Yeah. And yeah. if there's no news of that, I can't even imagine that there's follow-up questions. Right. It's just, okay, that seems like a thing, normal thing, but um, whatever. So, but Babish keeps bringing up, uh, there's... This distinction between... Do you say is there anything I should know? Or do you say is there anything I need to know? What does it matter? Which do you say? What does it matter? Is there anything I need to know implies you only want to know enough to face reporters while maintaining deniability. I don't think either one of those is incriminating to ask, right? And maybe he, he's more concerned about the optics thing here. Yeah. Is, these seem like interesting questions, but most people do not think through their level of speech. To this, I mean, well, that's, right. a, that's a distinction. she's like, I wasn't speaking in code. I was yeah. just, I was just using a phrase. Yeah, the distinction is so like, my, I don't know. If you were thinking about it, that yeah. would be incriminating, right? But she was thinking about it, right? Spoilers. Yeah, we find out mm-hmm. later, but she does not tell Babish that. Interestingly enough, and. Somebody comes in and says Donna has this memo. So like I'm just picturing Donna like CJ's got to find out about this. She's gonna fly up there and stop the <laughs> satellite from crashing. And this is where she uh, uses the the chicken little phrase like, "Oh, I just got a memo. The sky is falling down." Yeah. So the chicken little is a uh, a fable, as we <laughs> all it, know. Is that a Brothers Grimm? No, it's is a... it is it Mothers or Brothers Grimm? Brothers. They're they're brothers. Mothers Grimm. Mother... <laughs> mothers Grimm is another it's a great thing. Idea. <laughs> Um, no, it's Brothers Grimm. It's like, there's a few different versions, but it's sort of like, a I think an acorn or something falls on a chicken's head and he thinks the sky is falling and he goes around telling people the sky is falling and then there's like some alternate endings. There's all, yeah, there's a bunch of versions, you know, we know it as Chicken Little, also known as Hanny Penny, Chicken Lickin. Really? A, chicken Lickin? Chicken Lickin. Yeah, we've got a bunch of great characters. Let's see, the original characters of in Henny Penny in the Danish uh, version were, uh, Killing Cluck, Hon Pon, Hain Pain, Ants Fan. Killing Cluck is my favorite Bill O'Reilly book. Gosh, pass. Oshkosh Pagash. Oshkosh Pagash, yes. Okay, thank we That we've got uh, in another later version, we've got Hen Pen, Duck Luck, Goose Loose, Fox Locks. Great, great version. Also, we've got uh, Fox Ox. Henny Penny, Cocky Locky, Ducky Daddles, Goosey Pussy. <laughs> Making all of these no, up. Lucy Pussy. <laughs> this is real. This is totally real. <laughs> Turkey Lurky Gander Lander. I thought Lucy Pussy is a little <laughs> bit of a. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all, all real. Uh huh. 
Yeah. Anyway, the story is about uh, worrying too much. Yeah, don't it's, worry. It's, so is it kind of like an opposite of um, Boy Who Cried Wolf? It's sort of boy who cried wolfish because the yeah the well, chicken little the, is yeah. crying wolf. I like the 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 mo- or the uh, the takeaway from all these stories is kids just shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. 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 don't yeah. don't don't talk. Yeah, you're, be Milford man. So there's <laughs> like not heard. a few different interpretations. Neither of the seen story, nor heard. But I think that the main one is like don't be- don't take everything at face value. And don't believe everything okay. you hear. So, like, be skeptical, question things, which I think is a really good moral. But then there's some other weird versions of that where, like, the chicken dies at the end because a fox eats it or something. And I don't really understand what that is. And in the Chicken Little story? Like, in the other variations and different pecky. cultures. Yeah, hecky, Henny Penny. Henny Penny. Goosey Lucy, Lucy Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> but in the, so in this scene, there is a really uh, good like dialogue between um, Oliver Babish and CJ where I sort of take this as like life advice from the West Wing where he asks her what time it is. Do you know what time it is? It's five past noon. I'd like you to get out of the habit of doing that. Doing what? Answering more than was asked. Do you know what time it is? Yes. Keep it close. Yeah, and so anytime I'm questioned by authorities, I keep it simple, yes and no answers, and that's it. And that I learned from the West Wing, and then also partially from Jason. <laughs> Don't talk to the cops. Don't talk to the cops is Jason. So the version of this that I was taught was you're, you're prepping a witness, and you go, what's on the other side of, uh, what color is the other side of that fire hydrant? And then they'll be like, red. And you're like, how, how do you know? Yeah. Don't guess. Yeah. But you got to think like people just do, you know, all sorts of heuristics all the time. It's like really important to survival, but not when someone's trying to catch you in a lie. Hey, so so as a as a witness on the stand, I want to like throw away the concept of like object permanence even. Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I know the things that are in front of me. Does the judge, though, ever be like, sir, like, please be reasonable no. and tell. No. OK, not at all. And it's it's always a war of attrition. Have you ever had to treat a witness as hostile? <laughs> All the time. Really? Like, do you say do you have to say that permission no. to treat this witness uh, as hostile? You, it's, it's assumed. And what, and what does that? Given that permission, what are you allowed to do? You can you rough oh. them up a little? Well, so <laughs> but so the thing you're missing about this is. Uh, all of the other side's witnesses you get to assume are hostile. You treat them that way. They have me ask. But if your own witness that you called like turns on you is like tricked you and like I ain't never heard of anybody somebody's, yeah. I don't know what a don is yeah <laughs> like all, all that is conceptually when you are uh, normally you're not allowed to ask your own witness leading questions like so it's correct to say that like I win my case right and then the experts like yes you can't do that you have to ask like neutral questions and sort of lead them by their own answers I to what you want learn that in mock co- court in 6th yes. grade that but, you can't do leading questions that's right but on a hostile <laughs> witness you can you ask leading questions all you want isn't it correct that you're lying 100% in this case do you raise your mm. eyebrow like that totally, when you say totally, it? totally yeah. um so yeah that's why you ask if you can treat the witness as hostile not although it would be more entertaining so you could like take off your Hit him with a bag of and like slap them in the <laughs> cheek softly <laughs> dunk their head and say, into a answer the question <laughs> it's actually just you can ask how many questions. how many times a month do you think you say objection well um 
I probably do like on average a trial every month and a half ish uh-huh. or a day of trial. Like you don't always do. It's not like a trial. It's like trials per, can be per day of trial. Yeah. How many objections do you? Oh, it can vary quite a bit. But I did one recently where oh. I, I think I objected like a hundred times. Maybe no, more. like literally one hundred objections. Maybe more. Like that might be an understatement. Was this an all? Just, just like like 20- every phrase that came out of their mouth. For there was a period of time where I had to. So that like you have to object as soon as there's some issue of law that you have to preserve for appeal. So if the judge lets something happen that you think is objectionable, and then it keeps happening every question, like it's exceeding the scope of something relevant or documents that were supposed to be provided weren't, so you're, it's a due process violation. If she, if the judge keeps letting that those questions be asked, you have to object throughout, and then eventually the judge will be like, you know, is it okay if I note that you were object- objecting to all of this testimony? And then you're like, you know, that's fine. Okay, so when you object 100 times per trial, every time you object, do you immediately know in your head what you're going to say to the judge as the objection, or are you just like yelling um, objection? You wing it. This is also funny because I always have a reason, and I want to say it because I want to <laughs> make the argument, but you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to say objection, and then the judge gets to think about why he or she uh. thinks you're objecting, and they can sustain it or overrule it without asking for your reason. Or if they're not sure why, they can say on what grounds, or they can just not ask you for the grounds and ask the opposite side to explain why they think it should be one way or the other. So if they overrule it without asking for an explanation, are you ever like, but let me say it? I'll be like, your honor, I I must (laughs) insist that the record reflect that blah, 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 blah. And then sometimes they'll rethink the objection. And most of the time, judges don't want to rethink anything because that opens the door for you constantly second guessing them. So they'll just be like, I've already ruled. And when you do explain it, do you have to be like leading the witness or say like the phrases that we hear in movies or you just use regular words? In the beginning. Calls for speculation. Yeah. Like in the beginning, you're very like, that was a compound sentence or something, you know? And then once you get used to doing it, you're not super enthused anymore. You're just like, that's obviously leading your honor. Like, you'll just kind of be funny and more charming about it, I guess. Okay. Last trial question. Is really? Yeah. Objection. Yes. Really? I I think I've said that. And my (laughs) boss has said that a lot on the record. (laughs) Are you serious, Judge? How often do you approach the bench? Um, I I never ask to approach the bench because I'm not afraid of saying stuff out loud. Yeah, but usually <laughs> usually it's the judge that'll be like, "Can you guys just come up here for a second? And then it's like off the record, and then the judge is like, and "He's like, what's uh, up, guys?" And how you, often like, are you being punished? Have you ever been held in contempt of court? Never. Although uh, the very first trial that I did was in front of a judge I don't want to name, who is name somewhat him. notorious name for being her. kind of scatterbrained Ooh. or maybe just not giving a crap. Judge Janine Pirro. <laughs> no, that she's actually uh, appears to be sharper than some other judges. Hmm. But terrifying. Yes. Um. So, like, I, I I did my first trial. I was submitting the documents, and there was this complicated background for what led up to this particular case. There was like multiple different lawsuits that led up to it, and I guess the judge didn't catch, and maybe I didn't do a good enough job signposting it. So he sees a document that's a judgment. And usually a judgment is what you get at the end of a case, but it was dated prior to the complaint, which usually starts a case, but it was like the second case. So when he sees that, he's like, how did you get a judgment dated, blah, blah, blah. This this document looks like it's not authentic. I'm going to have to call the inspector general. Hell yeah. And I was like, were you forging? I'm like, your honor, if you look at the index numbers, I think you'll see the explanation. And then he said, off the record. And then he goes, okay. 
can we restart the trial? Ah! <laughs> this is the first of two times that he restarted the trial. <laughs> Run and that then, shit back. And then he eventually <laughs> just adjourned it. So Did he make uh, rewinding noises with his mouth? Yeah. <laughs> he might as well. In have. some ways, judges have the power to time travel. Uh, they have the power to do do-overs. So. Okay. Well, that's like what, that's what you would use. You don't time get, travel. you don't get that, that, <laughs> that time that's in your like life the, back. The but use yes. for time travels. Kill Hitler, do-overs. Do-overs. <laughs> Love a do-over. Right? Yeah. Love a do-over. If you Fair could enough. time travel, would you exist in now, which is do-overs, whatever I would you just want, do or would over. you go to the future? I would just do it over. All the time. Always future. Yeah. No, I would do it. Past over. was awful. I would do it over. Well, like past is boring. But would you stay in the now and just do do overs whenever you want? Yeah, I would do constant do overs forever. Oh, so I have like like you would skip back and I forth have like, between. The I have months. like a hundred years of time travel gas. Sure. And I can use it to like go back and like replay some fuck ups. Yeah. Maybe like redo redo a date that went badly or something. Uh-huh. Or I can go like 100 years in the future one time. That's a good question. Or you could go yeah. back and fuck Hitler. You phrased that much better than even. You could fuck how baby I was Hitler. thinking about it. That's, yeah. that's a quandary. That I feel question. Like, maybe I'd go like 50 years yes. forward. See how it's going. And then yes. I can just run it back. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> you, I can just like, oh, that was a. I, I screwed right. up, but no harm, no foul. When, when you go 50 years into the future, that's just going to become your now. So then you're just going to be in a new no, now. No, but you can go back 50 years if no, you want to do it. Wherever you end if up. If it's just a, like a nuclear hellscape, I can be like, all right, let's. Yes. <laughs> but what I'm saying is you go a little bit in the future so you get to see all the new fun shit. Get that new iPhone. And then <laughs> now that that's your new now, you can do what Elise is saying where you just get to do some do-overs every time so, you fuck something oh, up. Oh, uh, no. You, you, you do a Biff Tannen. <laughs> you go get a sports almanac. Uh-huh. You come back. And then rich people basically have... Time I travel. get to do do over. They can yeah. do whatever yeah. the fuck they want, anyways. Yeah. So I uh, bet on the ponies. So my, I like. But I could do that with just like a year. I can go a year in the head and like yeah. get all the a day. Uh, yeah, get all the Kentucky There's Derby winners and a shit. A lot of ponies. So what I would do is um, just to like expedite my. I'm gonna degenerate horse winnings. gambler. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> mine's similar, but like a little more upscale. I think <laughs> I would play the lottery. Like multiple That's times, mm. so that I win the, like a bajillion dollars many, many times. That's cursed, though. Why? That is cursed. Nobody money. likes fun. Nobody's ever been happy from winning the lottery. Who? I'm very. I know how to be I happy. Mean, we don't hear about the happy. That ones. comes from within, yeah. you know. But like, okay, do you guys think that Wait, a I good have way a to? Fu- end to this I'm sorry, plan. sorry. Go no, ahead, it's go over. No, no, no. It involves all of you. Ooh. All right. Then I tell. buy a big island. And then we all, yeah, yeah, we all build mansions Mm. and have dream neighborhood. Mansion Island. Yeah, and then we also have a private jet whenever we want to fly back to civilization. Could you please uh, create this big island so that so that it is also a tax haven? Ooh, absolutely. Cool. We're gonna need to from all my lottery winnings. Yes, the taxes are killer on that. Yeah. So do you guys think that finding people in the world who have won the lottery multiple times is a good way to hunt down time travelers? Seems likely. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'd start. Yes. Yeah. It mm-hmm. is suspicious. Mm-hmm. It's very suspicious. There's some some game going on there. Okay. Back to the episode. <laughs> Sam and the like speech writing staff, a bunch of people we don't know, are in the Roosevelt Room, and they are discussing their new tax plan speech. They're going to 
Do they have a plan yet? I don't know what they actually do. I don't know I, what this speech is about. These are people with the progressive uh, group. Well, but this speech is just like to lay out principles because they don't necessarily have the specifics right. yet. Yeah. The debate over a tax cut, whether to have one or not, how large it should be, how small it should be, what share should be received by whom, all of this, my friends, is the wrong debate at the wrong time over the wrong issue. It's somewhat relevant to current day. The House passed a ridiculous tax plan today. Um, and oh, we got taxes? No, not yet. <coughs> we did tax reform? It'll happen soon. Good. Uh, so Sam gets called out of this meeting, and um, there's two other staffers that are super happy. The CBO is projecting... Yeah, is that right? Cut, <laughs> cut her mic. <laughs> I'm outgassing. <laughs> is it offgassing? Offgassing. It's offgassing. Like... <laughs> I believe it's called outgassing, Jason. <laughs> so many sounds coming out of you, and your farts are so funny sounding. <laughs> it's like a broken clown horn. Or something. <laughs> broken? Excuse yeah. me? Because well, it's not like... It's like... It's just like... <laughs> As you were. So they're discussing what the plan is. Um, It's pretty um, simple. Yeah, it's pretty like we want to help working families and not help the already rich. You know, we're not going to increase taxes on the rich. We're just going to not lower them. Right, and the the reason they can even the reason they feel they can even ask, and they establish this somewhat later, but like that they can even ask to keep the top rate at the same level is because there isn't as big of a budget surplus as they thought they would. Because when there's a budget surplus, that means you got to cut taxes because the government's taking too much money out of people's pockets. turns out also if there's a budget deficit, you want to cut those taxes. But, spur but that yeah, economic you got to cut taxes. What's funny about that is, you know how we analogize the government's budget to a family and it's like, listen, you know, if there's not as much money coming in, you got to tighten your belt. Yeah. What no I more, love no about more that analogy is every night. when you're making too much money, instead of putting the excess money in savings, just work less. Sure. <laughs> just work less. That seems like pretty well, solid You should strategy. only be working the exact amount so that paycheck to paycheck you meet all of your yeah, immediate solid. needs. Yeah. Just it's, like a family it's, would. It's insane. So um, there's this weird little like... They have to keep saying like, oh, that's really great. We're going to have this bargaining chip, but it's not great, but it's great, but it's not great. And they do that about eight times. Um, And then there's this little side thing, the ATJ, which stands for the Americans for Tax Justice and the Progressive Caucus in the House or Senate or whatever wants to insert a line into the speech. We want a real tax cut for working families to help them pay for higher education and housing. While our opponents want to help the rich pay for bigger swimming pools and faster private jets. No, I don't think so. They want it in. No, no, no. Why not? Well, for one thing, it's very bad writing. They want to get swimming pool extensions. Yeah. And they want better jets engines. This is what... They want to (laughs) soup out their jets. Yeah. Soup up? Soup. Soup. They just want to make soup in. in their jets. They want to have a soup maker. They want to start a soup bar. Yeah. So this is a straw man. Um, right? I act. Well, go go into particular. That's it. That. That's it. I mean, th- th- this is like they're like they're setting Sam up for what's about to happen. So they're like, let's have the like 
people on the left of the of Sam like just so just make such a goofy critique of of excess wealth that it is like low hanging okay, fruit. Okay. So um I I thought that too literally today. <laughs> <laughs> um November 16th, 2017. Uh just Topher Spiro who's a reporter Legit guy. He's got a check mark next to his name Ooh, on Twitter. Are you sure that a legit guy is named Topher? Topher Spiro, not Topher Grace. Um, just one discover- of two Tophers in the whole world. Just discovered the, the Senate tax bill includes a tax break for private aircraft. Yeah, they but introduce that's... new tax breaks for and, for, oh, I, for the maintenance and usage of private aircraft okay, in the wow. new tax for bill. For corporations or for individuals? For individuals. Awesome. That's pretty great. <laughs> it's That's... exactly what they're talking about. By the way, is there a tax it's, rate for gas? No. For a, gas for a car? Oh, no. no. Absolutely but, not. But um, actually, exempt, is pay- it, exempt, to... exempt payments are those amounts paid by an aircraft owner for management services related to maintenance and support of the owner's aircrafts or flights on the owner's aircraft. Wait, so it's not for the purposes of work? No, it's just so that you, it's if you fly all, around all in a uses, private jet, recreational you, uses. you can write off the usage of Because you can write off gasoline and automobile expenses incurred in advance of your employment. Um, applicable services include support activities related to the aircraft itself, such as storage, maintenance, and fueling, and related to those of operations, such as hiring and training of pilots and crew. Pretty good. It's... It's. I thought it was so ridiculous. Like this, that line has always been like, "Oh yeah, that is kind of silly." Like it's not. Uh, that's not the way to critique that. But there you go. But here's reality. A, but here's here's the thing. the thing: the rich, their pools are getting too big. Their job creators. <laughs> they need. They're they, getting too big. They and need I, bigger private jets and faster pools. Smaller pool. Small. No. Smaller. They should have. But Braden, jacuzzis, Braden. and they should have to connect their jacuzzis <laughs> Braden, by like every- a little. We should only have bathtubs. A jacuzzi bridge. The bigger your <laughs> pool, the more full-time pool boys you can hire, and you're a job creator. Mm-hmm. The more captains you can put on your plane, the, the more, more of those stewardess like, robot pool cleaning robots people. you're gonna have to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, job creation. So Sam vetoes the line um, for reasons he gets into later, which are bullshit. Heinous. Yeah. Heinous. Sam sucks. This, this is the episode. worst Sam episode of the entire series by mm-hmm. far. Sam sucks in this episode. So bad. Um, but, uh, They don't get to it much. So he just says, like, I'm not going to do this thing because the writing's bad. Um, and they were like, oh, you could rewrite it, whatever. After that, CJ and Babish um, one more time. Uh, this is kind of the second half of the conversation they were having earlier. Um, they recall the night that the president collapsed. I think that was like a state. Of, was that the night before the State of the Union or the night of the State of the Union? But it was around like one of the previous ones. Um, she mentions um, all I heard was the Steuben glass pitcher falling and crashing. Um, that's a real brand. I looked up some uh-huh. Steuben glass. Very expensive. Nice yeah, brand. It's like fancy Good brand. crystal. It's right? like four hundred bucks for a pitcher. Mm-hmm. It's a Better or worse than Schwarzky. Swarovski. Swarovski. No, no, no. Swarovski. Let me me get this. Swarovski. You nailed it. They make, like, you. I mean, they make some home stuff, but they're known for, like, jewelry. They're crystals. Oh, Waterford crystal. Oh, Waterford is a different. That's like a housewife crystal. Yeah. Or husband. Yeah. (laughs) No. What? Does Tiffany make pictures? Yes. Tiffany makes some stuff, like, but they're not like known for. Did you see it. Tiffany's new line of things? That's like, no, like, it's one of those like 
kill the rich type things. They came out with this like everyday objects by Tiffany. And they came out with like a coffee tin made in sterling silver that costs four thousand dollars. Oh <laughs> and it's God. just it looks like a tin, like a metal tin with like rigid sides. Is this like no. but it's made out of silver and it has the Tiffany logo on the bottom or whatever the fuck. Uh, and it costs thousands of dollars. That's ridiculous. It's insane. They've gotten really expensive. I remember when I used to go to weddings like a long time ago, I would get a pair of Tiffany champagne flutes as a gift because they were only like $100 for two of them. And it looks really fancy. It comes in like a huge Tiffany box. And now you can't get them for like under three hundred dollars. They think. don't even serve breakfast anymore. They don't. No, they do. <laughs> they do. They just opened a stupid restaurant called Breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah. which is like, I don't know. I mean, who watches movies anymore? But it's usually old movies. <laughs> I like, thought it was just a song. Yeah, people like the song. People, <laughs> people like the poster. I mean, for the Breakfast movie. at Tiffany's is a fine. It's movie. a classic. Song. Audrey Hepburn is great. And Wait, isn't the song about the movie versus the book? She said, "I think I." Remember the film, man, as I recall. I yeah, think the, it, it's a song about the it. difference between the book and the movie. So I guess that's one thing we got. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a good song. song. <laughs> yeah, I like, yeah, that's a good era for songs like that. <laughs> Anyways, um, I have been backing, um, I've backed multiple $100 plus glass things on kickstarter what? in the past year what's going on Can over you there explain what? i don't know i was going through a rough time yeah <laughs> let's talk it and out you're like, man. Glass. I let's got, talk through it um i don't know this like designer guy that like makes good industrial design stuff came out with this like decanter set of like mm. frosted glass mm. and a bunch of like cocktail glasses yeah and it was like i don't know they looked nice and then one of them was like a coffee maker thing that was like a french press pour over oh, hybrid thingy like that's like Chemexy. double double walled and keeps things hot that's out. just that's good let it all out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Did, I, I bought it was the same guy did both of them i spent, i bought both mm. of them do you have, have you, all these things I, they haven't been delivered yet as kickstarter I, I may never get them yeah You're i was gonna gonna them in like four years <laughs> have you ever given somebody a kickstarter that didn't get fully funded yeah, you get the money back if it doesn't. Get no, I know. I'm just wondering. Um, yeah, a friend of mine had one that I backed. It was like an art project thing, and oh, cool. it didn't get backed, and you know, didn't pay for it. Um, Abandoned Planet, which we're looking at the box of right there, that was a Kickstarter. Good, good box, yeah. nice box. Well, yeah, I'm just wondering what your Kickstarter batting average is. Uh, pretty good. That's good. Um, I think only a couple of them haven't gotten funded. Um, I, I backed the Fidget Cube. <laughs> Oh, wow. is that what origi- we were playing with? Before? Yeah, the original Fidget Cube. That thing's great. That thing made like $10 million on Kickstarter. Amazing. Oh. What a beautiful world we live in. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I have a friend, though, who bought something off of Kickstarter, like some sort of, I don't know, camera lens or something. And this crazy thing happened where their like factory burned down or like had some sort of thing that happened with major damage. And then they kept like sending emails like, we're going to like fulfill we're gonna fulfill don't worry don't worry and it's been like they didn't fulfill three years and he was like i don't know what to do now like i kind of want the money back because it was like a lot of money and then i was like then just get the money back from kickstarter i don't think they'll do that though you don't think if they never deliver it on no i don't think there is any mechanism for that so babish is asking cj all these questions um cj doesn't want to answer them um, she's using all these distraction techniques and just saying all this random nonsense. She throws in a little like transphobia fear as a way of distracting of like, 
One in 40 American men wear women's clothing, and we've had well over 40 presidents. Yeah. I'm just saying, one of these guys was dancing around the Oval Office in a prom dress. Now let's get to the bottom of that. He is uncharmed. In my entire life, I've never found anything charming. She is being very charming. Meh. No, you're Meh. not charmed. Meh. She's been more charming. Okay, you're uncharmed. She's being a little erratic. Mm-hmm. So she's just saying, like, she's talking a mile a minute, saying random shit. It's like she's on this freaking podcast. <laughs> She seems nervous, though. Like, she's being defensive. She's got something to hide. Yeah, totally. For, I'm foreshadowing right now. After that, it's Toby and Sam, and um, they are basking in a review that they got for some commencement speech that the president gave. Um, Toby says that they're the Batman and Robin of speech writing, okay, which is pretty I, funny. I have a big issue with this. Yeah, first of all, Toby's the penguin. Sam is Robin though but Sam is definitely Robin and it's ridiculous for him to deny that yeah 100% Robin they give a little bit of details on the tax plan this is where we find out like the specifics they want to lower the bottom rate from 15% to 10% and maintain the top rate because they don't have the budget to give back from the surplus um I never liked that argument of like, oh, we got to raise taxes on the lower income so that they have some skin in the game. Right. It's like it's the cruelest shit. thing I've ever But also, it's heard. not even true. There's so many other ways you get taxed besides your actual income tax. There's the payroll tax. There's sales tax. I mean, it's totally ridiculous. And that's like so you don't have they're, skin spe- in the game. they're spending a much higher percentage of their income on goods and services. So they're paying that tax. Like, right. They're but it's, sticking and but it's so much more than that, right? Like no one ever makes the real argument, which is, okay, I think hopefully a lot of people can relate to at a certain point in your life, you were young, you were pretty poor and you would like struggle to make rent or struggle to pay your bills. And that constant insecurity of having to struggle to just like eat, pay your bills, like stay in your apartment, whatever, is an is a whole nother level of daily insecurity than once you get to a certain income where you don't have to worry about that stuff where you can just like all your basic needs are met, all of your bills are getting paid, and then it's like you have extra disposable income to like you just play want to decide with. how many glass pitchers on Kickstarter exactly. you want to buy. Exactly. <laughs> like you can just kind of buy stuff of and not think about it too much and you know it's gonna be fine. That is a completely different threshold, right? That threshold where below it, you're like, oh, God, like my basic human needs might not get met because I don't have enough money. And then above that, like, I could just run around and have fun, like enjoy luxuries. That is the threshold below which you shouldn't probably, probably shouldn't tax people, right? And it's okay. It's okay if those people... Now, if all of a sudden a huge percentage of our society is below that threshold, then we have to wonder, okay, if all these people are working full-time jobs... And those jobs aren't able to pay them enough money for them to have all their basic needs met. Something's wrong with our economy. Like there's an actual yeah. systemic problem with our economy. And that's not those people's problem, those workers. It's the problem really for governance, right? Yeah. So that's the conversation that should be had. It's like, it's not about skinning the game. It's not about fairness. It's not well, about any of that stuff. It's like, well, people also, below that threshold need to be taken care of. But what, what does it mean, even skin in the game? Like you want to right. have skin in the game. I don't. I don't, I don't get what that means. Like poor people, their fucking skins in the huh. game. Like right, they're suffering more from so the game. than most other people. And yeah, I th- they're looking at it as like, you know, I enjoy a horse race more when I bet on it. Yeah, <laughs> golf is more fun when there's money on the line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. First of all, 
golf is not fun. <laughs> but you know what makes golf even more fun? When your actual life is on the line. Oh. Playing golf to the death is what poor people are doing every day. That's fun. <laughs> That's real fun. Another detail of the the in IRL Republican tax plan that I, I think is quite quite nice. Um, so you mentioned those like low income people. They want to currently if you go to graduate school and you are you know you get a scholarship to a forty thousand a year graduate school and you're given a fifteen thousand a year stipend, you pay taxes on your fifteen thousand a year. Right. So like I you know I went to grad school that had similar setup and like I could pay for rent and stuff and i just like didn't have any other leftover money but i had enough like after all that to you know get rent in a cheap college town and pay what they want to do now is tax the income quote unquote that you get from the tuition so as somebody making fifteen thousand with a forty thousand year scholarship you're now paying taxes on 40 on wow. on 55 right and and they're, they're, they're oh, but you the only make the, you only make the 15 yeah they're oh treating God. the whole thing as a gift well, but, i don't know exactly but, what the rate is on people, it but rich people whose parents will cover the cost of their tuition they get a because deduction because you, you put it in a tax deferred savings plan yeah, for they college. get a deduction for supporting a dependent in higher education it's wild y'all mm-hmm. i don't like um, so they talk about the line that they're going to not use. Toby also doesn't like it, but he wants to keep this group on board. So he says, you need to go talk to them and just kind of like figure out some, some thing that everybody can agree on. Turns out that's a bad suggestion because Sam really fucks it up. <laughs> uh, after that is Charlie Donna and Donna is still just freaking out about this satellite. Um, Charlie thinks it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and they, he really hopes it's going to hit Zurich. I'm rooting for Zurich. Charlie, I've had it up to here with the Swiss. You don't. Hang on. <laughs> and then he gets like a page or something, um, and he has to rush out and just kind of leaves Donna there. We find out what the page is about. It's because the bitch is back, Mrs. Bartlett. She comes in like a boss. She's like, I just got a helicopter named after me. <laughs> I got a medevac helicopter named after me. I broke a bottle of champagne over the nose of it. She has determination on her face, I think. Um, She comes into the Oval Office and just starts yelling at the president. Um, So she she didn't know about this paperwork fuck-up that they had found out, I think we established, six days prior. And it turns out that Leo had kind of let it slip. I don't know why the president didn't tell her about that. His explanation for that. He didn't tell her. He just didn't tell her. He didn't tell her because he didn't tell her. You think this would be like in the forefront of his mind right now. Right. But he, he holds off. I think he, I don't know what he's like holding up, but he didn't say anything to her. And Leo's like, oh yeah, we got to deal with this paper you signed. That, that, I'm assuming that's how it went down. And she's like, what paper? He's the freaking president. He's, he's got a lot of things on his Give mind. Give me some space, woman. So she didn't remember signing it, um, according to her. Um, they're both just mad at each other. They're pissed off. They're and slightly yelly. The president makes a really great mistake of calling his wife hot pants while <laughs> arguing with her. A parent had to sign the form. Did you sign it? No, you did, hot pants. Never do that. No? I thought that was a good... Sorry. <clears throat> I thought that was good. No. Oh. That's so condescending. Oh, that's like a synecdoche? Well, it's like... What? Hot pants sounds... Is that not is that like hot stuff? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. yeah. Hot pants. That's like a fine, funny thing to say to your significant other but, but when I mean, you're not arguing. But hot pants are like a thing. That would be like tights. Hot <laughs> pants? No, hot pants are short shorts. 
I know. I'm, just, yeah. I'm naming another sort of yeah. clingy under like You're bottom s- garment. But he's like calling her hot pants. Is that a? Is he calling her a liar? Pants uh, on fire? Oh my god! Ooh. I didn't even think about it like that. Maybe hmm. he is. That's even worse. Maybe this is like an old timey reference, like the show usually does. For I thought everybody. he's calling her like hot stuff. Yeah, that's what I would. That's what think I thought. There really is a lot of tone deaf flirtation in the show. Like it's fun. It's like. <laughs> Like, I love when they argue, so it's, like, cute from a viewer's perspective, but IRL, that wouldn't fly. No. And then they go, um, so they, they talked about kind of what I think they described as, like, the palace intrigue, and then they go very domestic, and they, they talk through their that signing thing, and then the president says, Talked to Zoe this morning. She's going to ace her finals. She told me. She's going to ace her exam. I don't know how, how Zoe knows yeah, that. That's, have you ever been like yeah. Babe Ruthing your exams like that? <laughs> <laughs> and then... I hate Ellie's boyfriend. She told me. Abby Abby knows all. She talks to the girls more often than he does, apparently. Um, do you think this is uh, Ellie's boyfriend is the one that we 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 meet like way later in the series? Wait, do we meet one? The wedding. I don't remember. I also don't remember. Ellie gets married. <gasps> I don't remember and they this. make a thing about it. Okay. Is there a big White House wedding? I kind wedding? of remember big, it differently a, than it's that. It's a big White House wedding. I, like, don't remember this. It's like a season six thing. It's it's huh. late huh. late series. Huh. So it's probably not the same one. But uh, huh. the president doesn't like him. Um, and then he says, at the end of all that, he's like, you got to go talk to Babish because there's uh, some loose threads there. After that is a quick scene with Josh and Leo. They talk about the tobacco suit money. Josh is going to write up some proposals about it and like try to figure out a way to get some funding for it. And Leo's going to wait on that. So the next scene after that is Sam and the Progressive Caucus slash uh, Americans for ATR, AJR, or whatever. So Sam says, I'm not going to use the line. Um, and the reason I'm not going to use the line is because it sounds like it was written by a girl. Sounds like it was written by a high school girl. Is there something wrong with the way women write? A high school girl. This hmm. is so fucked up. I know. I. Hmm. I mean, I can't. I can imagine a thing where you could say that, and it would not be the craziest thing to say. Like, oh, I saw the vagina monologues last night. I think that was written by a woman. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it was written by a girl. <laughs> yeah. But this is like. A very like <laughs> generic. If it doesn't have the phrase like "I" as a woman, right? He's trying to make a distinction between like a girl and a woman. I don't think like, he a girl is. is a kid. I think he's trying to say like a lady wrote this, and ladies don't write so good. But then, like, he gets called out for that. He's like, "No, no, no! I mean, like, a girl." This sounds like a girl, not a lady, not fuck a lady. Yeah, I know a it's lot like, of no, women. No, no. It's like who don't write like girls. Should... No, it's like Fifty Shades of Grey. Only a woman could tell that many different shades of gray. Wait, what? hold I'm for sorry, wait, huh? wait, 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 Jason. No, have you read Fifty Shades? <laughs> I haven't. Don't lie to I've us. I had it read to me though. <laughs> Don't lie to us. You had it read to what you. By you know, by whom? By who? The internet. What? Get Sharon on what? the phone right now. I'm just. I haven't. I have no idea. I don't even know what it's about. Uh, I think sex. <laughs> no, no, no. I know that part. Okay. <laughs> um, no, wasn't there a thing where people were reading it in like a funny way? Like John Lovitz was reading it or something. Oh, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Not That's, the whole I, book. That was not a either. That, that made me a weird dream that I had. Yeah, you, this is a fantasy of yours. Yeah, John Lovitz is very regularly in my dreams. And then somehow Sam manages to 
endear himself less to me in this scene with his next thing. He says, listen. Last fall, every time your boss got on the stump and said, it's time for the rich to pay their fair share, I hid under a couch and changed my name. I left Gage Whitney making 400000 a year, which means I paid 27 times the national average in income tax. I paid my fair share and the fair share of 26 other people. And I'm happy to, because that's the only way it's going to work. And it's in my best interest that everybody be able to go to schools and drive on roads. But I don't get 27 votes on election day. The fire department doesn't come to my house 27 times faster, and the water doesn't come out of my faucet 27 times hotter. I was, I was making, making $400,000 a year at Gage Whitney. I was paying 27 times the national average, and I don't get 27 times the services. Um, and and I the, was happy to, one, one, except for all these reasons why I was not happy yeah, to. No, no, no. One, I was one, happy one of the specifics to. was I, uh, my water doesn't come out 27 times hotter. For one, you don't, you don't want that. That would yeah. be, I, I be, have that. that You're be, welcome, Sam. That would you be get burned. Far too hot. Yeah. But I would be careful want 27 what you times wish for. Firefighters. The government doesn't control hot water heaters. It's <laughs> a good point, actually. <laughs> Maybe they yeah. should. Yeah. Sam has a fundamental misunderstanding of how hot water is delivered to his yeah. premises. And then he launches into a spirited defense of the 1%. And he actually uses the phrase the one the yeah. 1%. The top 1% of wage earners of this country pay for 22% of this country. Let's not call them names while they're doing it. Is all I'm saying. I did little little bit of twenty, little bit of research. The top one percent has between eight has around eighteen percent of the income, um, but that's been estimated as high as forty two percent, depending. Um, they also the, the similar numbers for the amount of wealth they hold. So I think twenty two percent sounds right in line with if you make if you make twenty two percent of the money pay twenty two percent of the taxes no guys don't like valorize them um, over that this is definitely like Aaron Sorkin and whoever produces the show make, trying to be no, like, no, no. making like see, making like hundred and fifty thousand dollars an episode also all of the members of Congress and the Senate who are all multi at least over a million except for like two all the members of Congress and the Senate all of the talking heads on TV yes. That are fucking pundits that are telling us how to think All about the, op-ed the rich. Writers. Right. Every person that's talking about this, basically, that you hear, that's all not politicos us. and politicians and their staff members who, if they don't make every mid-level editor serving, at a newspaper, <laughs> just well, I mean, like rolling in the dough. <laughs> all the lobbyists, all of these people are all. So the, the okay. So the argument is here that Sam is making essentially is uh, there's an argument for moderate rhetoric. And he's saying, you know, we, we don't want to use that sort of class warfare language because it's going to upset people like him who are very wealthy. Well, it's even worse than that. We'll get there in a second. He literally defines the class that he belongs to as the 1%. So ultimately, like this rhetoric should not turn off that many people. Not enough to to upset like voting habits. No, but yes. they're they're 20% of the tax base. And 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 99. 100% of the people who are telling you what to think and about the, your language. And of the yes. political donations. Right. People mm. with disposable income. Yeah. Right. So so but it's even worse than that, right? Because what he actually says isn't no don't do class warfare, don't use like disrespectful stuff. He says I'm fine with all of it. But don't insult me while I'm doing it. And this is essentially the same argument for private charity, where it's like, I want to be thanked for 
giving this disposable money that I don't actually need to survive to people. And I want to control how the money gets used. I need for my life to be markedly better than 99% of people throughout all human history. And, and on top of that, I want you to fucking like it. I know. I want you. Name a state after me. I want you to be grateful to me for it. And I want to have a disproportionate say in how that gets used. Not actually a democracy where everyone, and he even says, I don't get 27 votes. And, and the, the, I would rather if you give me the votes. The tone in his voice is when I should be getting that. Right. Like, it would yes. only be fair. <laughs> so now that I'm thinking about this, we're analyzing. So it was so offensive. I kind of wonder if like they wrote this to be an example of this sort of heinousness. But why would you have Sam be the one to do that? Yeah. It's well, like it's like so grotesque. If they had actually thought this through, which I doubt. It'd be interesting because Sam is so likable, yeah. and that would be a sort of really interesting way to comment on how ubiquitous this mindset is among like people that we really sort of admire in a lot of ways, but who ultimately have completely no nobody really challenges them on it though. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, that's a really good point. You do actually pay more in your art <laughs> better. Poor millionaires. Yeah, poor guys. Uh, anyway, uh, I just wrote down here, Sam Colin. I'm rich. <laughs> Bish. I wrote Sam sucks with an X. Bish. In big letters. Yep. And then to, to make it worse, he uh, caps off the meeting. Really, though, a stupid lady wrote this. <laughs> he has to double down. Trust me. It was a girl. It was a little girl. I know plenty of women who can write, Helen. I know women who can blow the walls off brick buildings. This sounds like a girl. And he like waits for everyone else in the room to leave. And then the female that one, was like, whoa, one moment, whoa, whoa. Ma'am. And then he's like, hey, hold, hang back a second. Trisha, you know this was you a little wrong. girl. I know a wrong. lot of women in my life. This was written by a bish. <laughs> a little bish. A little bish. Oh, right. And then he basically does like a, I have a, a bunch of women friends thing too. Yeah. Some, some of my best friends are women. <laughs> yeah. Some of my best friends are excellent women writers. Some of my best daughters are women. <laughs> Oh, this is just, he's just like piles on the unlikableness. Yeah, this is a bad scene. Did he, uh, when she was leaving, did he say, one minute, toots? <laughs> he goes, so, he ironically, eyes. ironically, this is an example of bad writing. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. This sounds like it was written by a coked out man, <laughs> uh, which it was. Um, <laughs> so after that is Joey and Josh and... Not Kenny, Dale. Dale? Yeah. Dale? What is this, The Walking Dead? What is this? hey uh, a, a family of NASCAR drivers? Oh. <laughs> uh, what is this, some sort of a uh, geological, uh, something with a river maybe? It's like the freaking- That was a good one. That was a real good one, Brayden. <laughs> Getting all geological on us. <laughs> so uh, we find out Kenny's on vacation um, he, we, we, he deserves a vacation. We don't find out where he's on vacation. Um, that that would have been. We talked last week. It would have been funny to follow Babish around. It would have been even funnier to follow Kenny around. I would role. love to see Kenny off translator duty and just like, what is his? What is that man's life? Rest those hands for a little while, right? <laughs> Do you think he like? And that like soft Kenny, voice. Kenny's like chilling out in a restaurant, and someone just like makes a gesture that coincidentally is a sign, and he's like, red, red. Like turtles. <laughs> and he's like, oh shit. That was an in, he, that was inappropriate. 
He just like, that was offensive. Says no uh, way. That was offensive to the hearing disabled. No, I, no, no. no I'm saying they don't his, listen to his podcasts. Whole, his, <laughs> no, no, no. His whole job is to like quickly, like almost just automatically. Yeah. Like it's immediately see hand yeah. gestures and translate them into words. Kenny's vacation destination is the sensory deprivation day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does not go to Italy. No. <laughs> or he goes somewhere where everyone has lost their hands. Was that was that offensive? To handless people, yes. <laughs> yes I apologize. So Josh is suspicious. He doesn't like Dale. He's too cute. He's jealous, <laughs> and he he's not to be trusted. He says he sounds like a TV detective. What was this now? Like Dale Brockner or something? Brackett. <laughs> yeah. Dale Brackett. But um, he says that he's he's look. like pretty attractive or something for a translator, and Joey's like he's pretty attractive for a human. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I guess that's the best name. That's not the best. That's not a great name, but it's, it's maybe the only new one we got. So it gets name of the week award. Dale Brackett. Dale just sounds like the name of a dummy, real dumb person, empty brain. That's offensive. Wow. To Dale's. Yeah. He does work with his hands. There's that Dale that does <laughs> good, good uh, tweeting. There's also the reporting. Like you need to name him like a yeah. good late yeah. '90s, early aughts hot guy named like Brandon or Mitch or like or not Mitch. Take that back. Mitch. Mitch. I feel like Sexy that. Sexy Mitch. No, Brandon. That's the only one. Uh, Luke. What, uh, what do you guys think of the Luke new People's Sexiest Man Alive? Oh, my God. I love Shelby. Blark Shelby. Oh, Blake Shelby. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the guy from The Voice. The cowboy guy? The cowboy guy. Oh, he's not Blake, attractive. Blake Shelton. People I think they finally sexiest man is alive. he is he like ripped or just cut? He's thick. No, he's got I, a dad. Bod. Double C. Yeah, I think he's just kind of chubby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's they finally picked at. a dad for a sexiest yeah. man. I think that's great. They were like, kids Dads are, are saying sexy. daddy these days. Yeah, so let's pick a daddy. <laughs> I'm, you know what? This is really nice, guys, because I'm sick and tired of men being held to this impossible standard. <laughs> yeah, of sexiest alive. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Like, does every guy try to be the sexiest man alive? I've, well, now I you have, can. I have been. <laughs> but I mean, like, if you see, like, whoever that may be, like, six-pack Johnson or Do you see, whatever. like, a 55-year-old, like, former country singer? Yeah, <laughs> you're it. like, I can, I can, can actually do that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the next, like, sexiest woman of the year needs to be, like... Yeah, like a mom. Wait, wasn't another guy on The Voice the last year's Sexiest Man Alive? Who? It's the sexiest television the program that, alive. Oh, Adam, Adam. Yeah, Adam guy. Sexy. Uh. Adam Divine. <laughs> Is that the right name? Adam Levine. <laughs> Very close. Adam Divine. <laughs> I was thinking Helen Mirren so when I was By the way, trying Ad- to think Adam of like... Divine is a, is a local Brooklyn Adam Levine drag queen. Uh, <laughs> and it's Jason. <laughs> Um, no, I was thinking when I was trying to think of like a sexiest woman of the year that's like not uh, that sexy, I thought of Helen Mirren, but then I was like, no, she's hot. She bangs. She's super hot. Yeah. She's got those wonderful bangers, you know, face. (laughs) (laughs) So Josh and Joey go and have a, um, have a drink. It's a, it's a cranberry and club soda. I believe Joey has, and Josh has a big old glass of ice water. Who um, drinks cranberry juice when they don't have a UTI? Cranberry and he club ordered soda. it for her. Yeah. How does he know what she, what she I, likes? Yeah. I don't think they spend that much time together. And does she have a UTI? Don't, don't How know. does he know? 
<laughs> How does he know? <laughs> Just the look in her eyes. Well, he they assumed that her and Dale were together. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He Dale. You think he's got a dirty peen? Dale's got a. Yeah. I didn't want to say anything. So Josh (laughs) lays out the the facts to to Joey, and she responds to it pretty well. Um, and eventually, by the end of the scene, he he does like a two letter signal. He reveals that he knows ASL. Um. Okay, I gotta, I gotta, oh my god! He's memorized the ASL. Uh, no, he, yeah, I think, I think, he, I, I think he was learning. I know like two of them, like, it's, and I know I. I can spell my name. No, you can't. Yeah, because the thing is, look, let's face it, folks. There, it's just like different ways to make a fist that's not memorable. They're all the same. You're like saying so many things with your fist right now. See, if you were Kenny right now, this is great radio. Freaking mind. No, we're making. I'm moving my wild hand gestures. So, um. I, I got this poster over the over the weekend and it's like it's kind of like a weirdo like conspiracy thing and um it's got all these symbology on it's got like a bunch of like nine eleven imagery and it's funny. I think nice. it's funny. Um and it's got um in the middle it's got this big thing of all these hands in obviously some sign language thing. And I um I was looking at it with somebody and we like wrote down all the all the letters we like looked up a sign language dictionary and we wrote it down and we're like it's like a b h like all these letters and we're like this doesn't spell anything what the hell is this this is like an anagram or something like that so we we like put it into like an anagram maker and we came up with all these really stupid ones like uh little man alibi and like but but yeah i thought it was like gonna be some ridiculously high were you not not at all (laughs) really Uh, and so i was like oh it must be some like you know some anagram about bush or bibby netanyahu or something so i came up with all i came up with all these uh possible things that could be it and we emailed the artist and we were like hey we were trying to figure out what this poster is and here's our uh here's our guesses of what it could be <laughs> and then we gave him all these like stupid jokey ones and he's like oh it's latin and, <laughs> and it just means like from the cradle or something. Oh, God. <laughs> so it was like, we looked like, what's it look like? Such fucking idiots <laughs> trying to like decipher. <laughs> See, but this is why you artists should not tell people what the art means. Yeah. He's he like, should have been like, it's you guys are close. Could have been all those. Yeah. You're close, but. Keep oh going. my god, if he said you're close, never we would never see Eric again. His beard would grow like <laughs> 10 inches longer and he would just be like in his room. Let's write a computer program that just churns out yeah. all the possible ones. <laughs> just like trying to crack the code. Yeah, so that's that's my uh sign language story from the past week. <laughs> that was about an hour. <laughs> uh so after that is Abby and Oliver Babish. She tries to small talk him at the beginning, um and as he established earlier, he's not charmed by anyone and he's not charmed by her. And so he tries to get straight to the point here. And he wants to specifically ask her about this form that she signed. Did she do it maliciously? Did she not remember? Um, she says, I don't remember anything about it. I just, it was a, it was a form I signed. I don't remember anything. He doesn't buy it at all. And he has this like pretty great line of questioning to kind of coax her into things. He, he does corner. trap her. Well, now you're changing your story, Mrs. Bartlett. No, I'm not. Did you sign it because you were absent-minded, or did you sign it because you knew best? It's kind of the thing you were saying earlier, right? Like he like leads her to answering every step of the way, answering yeah. the question truthfully, and it's like, oh, but you know, QED, you you actually like change your story in the course of answering all these questions. Yeah. She gets really defensive at that moment, and she says, "I think making a big thing out of it is what makes it into a big thing." Really. 
And I'm not 100% sure that that's not what you're going for. Why would I want to make it a big thing? Because defending the president in prime time looks good on our resume. The, the gloves are off. Yeah, everybody's, so, everybody's so mean to Against him. the Bab. Yeah. Why are people so mean to Babish? He's great. I mean, he's, he's doing asked, his job he's asking too well. And I feel like the what's like no one trusts him. Never go full lawyer. Like they, they're like, and ev- also everyone's guilty, so they're all getting super defensive. Well, he's new too. That's what CJ's yeah. thing is. She's like, who are you even? But it doesn't know. matter. I mean, I think they show in that scene that she says he's new, and then she criticizes his number of divorces. But in- inevitably, people just are going to try to avoid. Can you imagine meeting someone for the first time and feeling like a little threatened by them, but then I criticizing meeting somebody? That sounds awful. I never <laughs> met criticizing anybody. their number of divorces. Like, yeah. like one of the first things you say to them. <laughs> You'd be really shit person to say that to someone. It depends. Yeah. Like if I'm meeting Rush Limbaugh or something. Yeah, like, and yeah. and you're the Pope. <laughs> I I'm the Pope. Is well, I'm like saying a, in this oh, scenario, you think you're the Pope. No, but like say you were, because oh. they care about that. The Pope people. So there, I thought there was a, a little funny thing here where they talk through the legal stuff and then he kind of transitions. He's very concerned with like the political response, like through all of these. But he's like, oh, so when are you, you going to announce? And she says, they're figuring it out probably in like a week. Probably a live interview on the networks. Yeah. Jim Lair, Tim Russert, Barbara Walters. You, somebody, the president sitting in a den. Yeah. Followed by a live conference. I thought the important part about the scene was he's baiting her into like a, a sort of being like, oh, how droll and sort of like a mild inconvenience the whole thing is going to oh, be. Right. And then at the end, he's like, I regret the appearance that I tried to deceive the voters in order to win an election. Yes. And if we don't make it a big thing, they won't make it a big thing. Mrs. Bartlett, I'm not sure you have an appropriate appreciation of the size of what happens next. There is a Chinese satellite heading towards you right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a, he, yeah, he makes the stakes. They are known. sending mixed signals because that he's saying, like, I don't think you know how bad this going to be. And the other characters are like going through their chicken little thing, which is sending the message like, everybody's worried, but it's really not something. No, I, to I worry got about. the impression that, um, Okay, so one of the most confusing things about this episode is what exactly is the meaning of the chicken little metaphor? Or I guess, because, you know, we're skipping a little, but the end, they sort of like are very like on the nose about it. And what does it mean where he's, it's like, this happens every day or this happens every other day. And although it seems scary, it happens so frequently and no one ever gets hurt. So it's like not a big deal. But then that one time, you know, your luck runs out. That's right. kind of it. Kind of yeah. feels like you're tempting fate, and you just sort of become desensitized to it, and then at a certain point, it catches up with you. Yeah. Well, the, the, I, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Well, the episode treats this as Donna's thing is a metaphor, and they like explicitly say like she's like, oh, this is like a metaphor, and Miss Bartlett's like, you have no idea, sister. And but <laughs> it's not a metaphor. <laughs> it's like every yeah. every other data point in the episode is saying like this is a huge deal and everybody should be freaked out so about I, it. So I think the metaphor sort of for the like sky is falling like satellite thing is that everyone in this episode except for Babish is thinking about the sort of like 
PR aspect of this and they're not thinking about like the legal implications and how much like trouble they're actually going to be in and that going to the morning shows and doing like interviews is only and like figuring out your your media strategy is only the beginning of this and it's going to get so much worse and it's sort of like the it's just the sky is falling is just a distraction from like yeah, how bad really it can actually be mm-hmm. you're right because that is what that is the meaning of the scene with with babish well and... that's cj's point later too i mean yeah. it's the title yeah no, you're right that really that. is right. it it's like it's like her talking about the barbara walters interview as if that's like the most annoying part of this whole thing yeah it's like you don't even that's know nothing. bench Fish. Blintz. so Blintz. joey and josh is after that um joey says how are you guys going to announce it? And then Josh talks through what they're thinking. And it's like exactly what Babish had guessed. He understands what's going on with them better than they understand it. And like, they think they're like making these really sophisticated maneuvers, but to somebody who actually like kind of understands the gravity of the situation, they're doing exactly what would be expected of them. They talk through how they can pull this. You got to come up with a model that gets us the answers we need without asking the questions we can't ask. You got to come up with a model by yourself. You got to break down the results by yourself. Not even the callers can understand the questions they're asking. And then they come up with the brilliant subterfuge that they will pull on what another guy maybe <laughs> that has MS is like. We went to the governor. Governor. Up in industrial state. It's like uh, it, this is akin to the Clark Kent disguise. Yeah, yeah. it's like not they—they yeah. they seem satisfied with the solution, but it's mm-hmm. like it feels like pretty obvious to me. And, yeah, and I love how they needed Joey Lucas to fly in for like an hour and then fly back out just yeah. to well, her to come up person. with that brilliant idea. Why don't you just send her a fax? <laughs> yes, that has to be in person. What? That discussion? How do you call her and have a conversation with just her? Well, no, when I, facts, I'm not so much saying, facts. like, how do you talk to Joey Lucas? I'm saying the idea that Joey Lucas came up with isn't brilliant. It's not like, so, like couldn't they Yeah, their question is like, uh, imagine that Mosiah Martlett <laughs> yeah. had Mim Mess. <laughs> it's like, Was it's really like, into That's just S&M. a weird way of saying MS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they didn't need her to do... Like, they all do polls all the time, and they did them before Joey was even around. And it's like, which this state? And then she's like, a swing state. And they're like, brilliant. <laughs> Isn't he from... What's his state? New Hampshire? He, no, he's from Connecticut. Oh. And, and she uh, says... Well, no, the president's from New Hampshire. Yeah. That's what I meant. The president. Okay. I was and uh, he said, she says, Michigan. There's that, isn't that the same state? Those are swing states. No. Basically the same state. New Hampshire's tiny, but they care but the are they, about swing states. Are, but aren't they the same? Not even close. Aren't they literally the same? <laughs> Not even no. remotely. Land mass? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean... We, Hold on. Are we sure, pretty sure. <laughs> that these are... Okay. So, we dug into Sam quite a bit about how he's really bad, but I think, secretly, Josh is the worst person in this episode. Like, because at the end? Because he says... Oh, you just got off a six-hour flight? Oh, yeah. Get back <laughs> on the plane. Yeah. You're going back to California. <laughs> I would lose my mind if that happened to me. Here's another question In like I have. Ten minutes. Yeah, it's you, like, oh, here's your ticket. You're getting, you're sitting down again. I, I hope, you, I hope you stretched. Do you, <laughs> do you think if Kenny were there, he would have let Kenny sit on the meeting? Do you think he trusts Kenny? I think he 
does. Just yes. because we we find out like there's sensitive scenes later in Kenny's back. And well, no, no, they but... make a joke about like like who's this guy? <laughs> but also because Josh Josh plays that scene like where he's like, "Oh, like I'm surprised." This yeah. changes things. How do I solve this problem? And then he sort of is on the fly coming up with like, yeah. this is how we're going to communicate. Josh is really bad at understanding her. Every time she said <laughs> something, fine. it was so obvious what she, she was saying. It. And Josh is like, well, what? I will say I noticed some, uh, what is it when you're dubbing it afterwards? ADR. ADR. There, there was, was some something ADR. that she said that I did not catch and I rewound it several times and I didn't, I was too lazy oh, to put the thing on because I don't have a remote control. Was it like when she's saying like, What's uh, important? What, what's important? Yeah, I always I always heard that as like, what's the question? I kept on. Can you just tell yeah. me everything she said, and I'll say if that was it, because said, I never a, a got governor it. Governor of an industrial state. She said, not uh, that. Not that one. How's the president? Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, the the one she kept saying was like, what What's important? Yeah, what's important? Is that is what a it big one? one? Yeah, I always I always heard that as like, what's the question? Like, what do you want me to ask? Like. You obviously want me to put a poll out. What is the question you want me to ask? But didn't he? But say... she wrote down what's important, and the subtitle said what's important. Yeah, I thought he said something to her about how. Yeah, he goes the he, important. He... That's not important. The important thing is, and then they get interrupted and she's by like, the waitress. What's important? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there was one nice little like acting moment where she's like, she's she's like, how's the president doing? And, and he kind of like lo- he like looks down and like mumbles like oh he's fine. And she's like she, no. She like grabs him. And I like, can't the president. Understand that. How is yeah. he doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, it just I like that she like genuinely wants to know if he's okay. Yeah. It's and always then, a good move to grab people by the chin. Uh, did she force kissy? They're close. Yeah. Did she what? Forcey kissy? <laughs> she, <laughs> she she groped him. Not forcey kissy. Okay. No, but I mean, okay. If a man, if he did that to her, it would not oh, feel yeah. the same at all. No. no. Double standard. No. <laughs> So and then they Women were are delicate flowers. When they were having trouble communicating, she kept writing on a napkin. And then at the as Joey leaves, he, he takes, dunked it. He dunks the napkin. It would have been so funny if he drank the, <laughs> the glass after that, <laughs> or, he, or he just violently mushed it up with the straw. Uh, he muddles like, it. Muddles <laughs> it, drinks it. I wish he balled like wet it, balled it up, put it in his mouth, and swallowed. Someone yeah. could have come by and 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 fished it out, and then just let it dry, and that yeah, would have nothing been. looks more interesting to me than like a bunch of like notes that are and all that obviously th- been disposed and, of, and all that thing said it was just like what's important. What's important? <laughs> it had like nothing and nothing of like any consequence on it. But I don't know. He's being careful. What's important? Is it serious? Oh, there was an, uh, another thing he says to her. He's like, "You're gonna get." called in front of a grand jury because of this. Are you cool with that? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. She Whatever. said, bring it on. But yeah. Distinct possibility Dunn. she misunderstood his lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't actually know what she's getting into. Okay, I saw that film in the movie theater. Bring it on? Thank you. Same. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. How I didn't you know like the it? whole beginning Wasn't it pretty it? good? Yeah, yeah it was like it. better than... It's pretty good. Yeah. Like you thought it would be. I thought like as far as like a movie about cheerleading. Hold on, I'm talking now. I mean, it's a good movie. I've watched it recently. It holds up. Cool. Do you know it's the like, whole song in the beginning? She's let's like, sing sexy, it. We'll we'll I'm sing cute. it at the same time, I'm and then you, we'll just see. Boot. We'll do it. I'm bitching. I'm, uh, Great hair. The boys I love just hair. I don't know. Okay. It's not- wow. Who's the real Bring It On fan? Obviously, it's Brayden. <laughs> 
there's Donna and Charlie after that. Um, she's still talking about the satellite. She's got all these scenarios of what could possibly be on the satellite, um, all the different things that could hit. She's she's super freaked out. And Charlie's just like screwing with her. I think he's in on the, the grand conspiracy too because he's like, oh yeah, it probably has plutonium on it. Poor Donna. <laughs> uh, and Donna stops after he says that. And I, I thought she was going to be like, uh, you're just messing with me, right? And she's like, but she's like just considering what he said and like, oh shit, you're right. It might have plutonium <laughs> on it. And then she walks away. And then she has a quick like walk and talk with the first lady. And this is the where she's like, there's uh, a giant object hurtling at us at terrible velocity. The great conversation starter. The first lady says, tell me about it, sister. The first lady talks to CJ in her office. Um, they talk about the MS thing. And she's like, oh, I wish I could have told you sooner. I wanted to be there to tell you. They're both kind of teary-eyed. It's a very emotional scene. They talk about how they both had a bad meeting with Babish. And isn't, isn't he a real pain in the ass? And no wonder he can't keep a wife around. Oh, my gosh. And... It all builds up to saying... During the campaign, we were in Manhattan, Kansas, at a Sheraton or Marriott, I can't remember, but we were in Manhattan, Kansas. And I think by then, the two of you were so used to people walking in and out of your room that you didn't hear me open the door. And I was almost sure I saw you giving the president an injection of something. There's a lot of things you can get injected with, though. I got a flu yeah. shot. Yeah, what else? I just got a flu shot, too. Yeah, that's could be anything. It hurt. Really? Yeah. It's such a tiny needle. Not, I never. I don't think I've ever gotten one before. The shot itself year. didn't hurt, but my arm hurt for like three days after. Mm. Hey, do you guys ever, Jason and Elise, yeah. you ever inject each other with shit? <laughs> All the time. Cool. <laughs> I want to get married. That sounds could, fucking cool. He could have just been doing some heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Just no problem. Whatever. Don't judge. You know? It could be anything. Uh, it's but CJ could have been a B12 shot. She yeah, could, there's a I don't know. I don't think an injection is necessarily like like there's grave illness. Would it be as diabetes? No, it's but it's shady. It's yeah, shady. It's shady. If yeah. you don't know about it, there's some shady. And it's like going a on. wife giving it and to a her. wife. Yeah. And she like licked the needle before and like all and like, it dripped it into her t- yeah. mouth and did like that tongue <laughs> shit. She sanitized the needle with a lighter. Yeah. <laughs> and there are spoons everywhere. And then she says, "The president has his physical, and I do the release. I only ever ask, is there anything else I need to know?" After that is Leo and Josh. Um, Joey's going to do the poll. They read the exact wording of the question. If the governor of a major industrial state had a degenerative illness, which he hadn't disclosed during the election, but which has yet to impair his job performance, would you still support him? Josh is still stewing over that like fraud comment from earlier from the assistant attorney general guy. The look on his face when he said it. They want to get these people. We're not big tobacco. Yeah. Um, Leo kind of snaps at Josh a little bit here. About this justice appropriation. You're going to do a report? Yeah. Then can I read the report before you ask me to green light another multi-million dollar battle that'll have no support in Congress? Yeah. So everybody's super stressed out in this White House. Uh, President Leo. Bunch of guilty consciences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leo goes and talks to the president, and this is maybe my favorite scene in the whole one. He's like, did you fucking tell my wife? <laughs> Leo, how could you tell Abby about the health form before I did? 
I didn't know you hadn't told her. Can you and I be men? Can we have a bond? Something that we said in private. It's like, it's like what you bro, bro code. What you? Yeah, you snitching on me, man. He says, "Can we be men?" <laughs> I, I really like that. He's like, "Can we have a bond?" Leah tells them that they're going to do the poll. Uh, the president says that the poll is probably a bad idea because I'm coming clean. I'm doing it voluntarily. Anyone finds out, it's going to look like I did it because a poll told me to. Toby and Sam is quickly after that, and he's like, Sam comes in, he's like. Yeah, that meeting went bad. <laughs> I uh, I boned it up. I might get sued as a result of this. Um, so good, Sam. He can afford it. Yeah, Mister Rich Man. And then Leo comes in to grab Sam because they're gonna um, tell him about the MS uh, and the, with the president. And Toby uses the line that he used on CJ. So earlier in the episode, CJ line like, repeater. When I when I got called away leah was like i'll be right here when you get out and i was like she that stuck with her that like somebody else knew and i don't, I don't think that's that bad on toby's part but it's just kind of weird he could just be there no i thought that was neat though because then you see it happening with sam you're like oh yeah yeah he's there he's a plotter yeah toby's gonna be waiting for sam to come out and we don't actually get to see any of that conversation or his reaction so we'll we'll have that in future episodes presumably um, then after that is the last scene and it's CJ, uh, walking outside the building. She's like going home. Josh runs up behind her to bring up one point. It's the worried about like the, whether the pole is going to look bad and this like causes CJ to kind of crack and she starts like laughing. What? She loses it. Yeah. She's like cackling. She full on loses it. The stress is just too much right now. Right. She's almost like cry laughing. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where she says the titular line of the episode. You guys are like Butch and Sundance peering over the edge of a cliff to the boulder filled rapids 300 feet below thinking you better not jump because there's a chance you might drown. The president has this disease and has been lying about it. You guys are worried that the polling might make us look bad? It's the ball that's going to kill you. You're worried that you're going to drown when you land in the river that's, you know, 100 feet down when you're actually just going to die from the fall. The fall is going to kill you. Um, I wish she did say it like that because she there are a lot of other components she mentioned and it really confused me. Yeah, it was confusing. Like which part? It was Butch and Cassidy. I thought it was a Wiley Coyote thing. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. And then like an anvil drops on your head, but yeah. you're worried still about. Wait, who painted the tunnel? On the bunny. Wall? Yeah. <laughs> the anvil's gonna kill you. Yeah. Rather than just leave it at that, um, they add. This is where they have like the weird like moral of the story where that's not really a moral of the story huh. actually. So Josh knew the Donna thing was a non-issue because it's gonna like the thing we talked about earlier. Like it's not actually gonna hurt anybody. It happens all the time, and he seems like very calmed by that. She doesn't know that these things fall out of the sky all the time. Once every ten days, as a matter of fact. The way they the music flares up it seems like it's supposed to be like a pick-me-up at the end of the like, episode I guess it's all gonna turn out okay is the metaphor that he was just playing a joke on donna but it really hurt her <laughs> <laughs> things can go seriously wrong yeah 
Uh, and that is the end of the episode. Kind of a weird note to end on. Um, and the credit shot is the first lady and the president, just like a two shot of them in the Oval Office. Nothing, nothing exciting. Uh, and that's the episode. So headlines. Okay, I, all of mine oh. are about the satellite. Okay. Mine okay. general satellite. Satellite. <laughs> okay. That's pretty good. There's a lot of takeout themed ones. Yeah. I understand it's not a traditional. No, Chinese I get it. Dish, it's good. Yeah. Don't stop. Oh, okay. Don't stop there. Um. Then I have. Chinese satellite to land on low mainland. <laughs> like low mainland. <laughs> but like low land. But it probably won't, is yeah. the thing. And then I try it's to probably going to land on the water. Like something with like the satellite to Kung Pao and to Earth. Oh, oh, oh. that's, that's good. good. That's yeah. nice. That's all I got as that's far it. as a Chinese takeout headlines. That's it, huh? Okay. I called, uh, let's see. Whoa. <laughs> no, we're good. <clears throat> I called Donna. Shiksa little. Because <laughs> she, she's a shiksa. Because uh, she's a shiksa. Just, yeah. I feel like that's discriminating against Donna for not being well, Jewish. Well, but she's not. Um, also, I called this one um, Mich- Michigan Governors Got MS. I thought you were going to say Michigan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I couldn't come up with a line for that. <laughs> I, want, I wanted a line, but there was no line. Sorry. Michigan, I kill you. Michigan. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't do it. Yeah, I guess all I got. Um, I said that the DOJ was short on tobacco. Mm, that's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then this is probably not one that's going to make the papers because it's mm-hmm. a small story but mm-hmm. i called josh just plain rude wow because that's a lot of he, he she just flew coast to coast <laughs> yeah. six hours it's a long plane ride la to dc oh this is she a, just says get right back on that you plane. guys cancel the surprise flights for eric where he used to fly across the country. i had a big <laughs> one, one way is fine <laughs> just don't return yeah. me immediately afterwards take a break first have a why nice night why can't you do the poll from California. Yeah, why can't you just at least take DC, one I mean. night, stay in an airport hotel? She only has 96 hours. Get this Ver- woman a massage. Yeah. It's rude. So, uh, final final thoughts. So, I'm very excited that Abby is back. Um, Guess I think who's back? Stalker Channing is one of the show's best tools, oh, and they what, should what, what? use her more and more. And, and one it, of the show's best names. Yes, Stalker Channing, yeah. She's amazing, and she's just like a hurricane whenever she's in a room, and I love her. Although, yeah, she had me feeling very sexist <laughs> in this episode, because I will... I'll, this is safe space, right? I was said, like, oh, man, I wish you would uh, shut up <laughs> and stop yelling at our boy Jedediah. Why? Because he's got a lot of things going on. Oh, my God. She just comes into the White House like the whole world revolves around her. No, it doesn't. It revolves around him. He's the ding, ding president they just named a helicopter after that's gonna go to your head yeah yeah maybe also, they should do that less how many times do you two talk on the phone a day three times on the phone yeah never rarely yeah we like, talk we, we like we talk sh- on the phone like once a day maybe oh, during, it, really I, during the week 
You make you phone th- calls? Every so often, I feel like you'll call me uh, on the way home. Sometimes I'll just call on the way home just to be like... But we're constantly chatting. We're constantly chatting we're constantly all day, texting. though. Yeah, texting, yeah. Yeah, we're on like... I guess like the president G-chat. doesn't text, probably. Probably not. I and also, oh, I think it was... At this time, it was like the number... T9. To, yeah. By the way, you remember the expression, he's all thumbs? Mm-hmm. Now that's a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% you, you, you thumbs. You work more smartphones. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, but we're like constantly talking, huh. I think. But on the phone, I don't think so. There's no need. Sometimes it's just easier if you're trying to. I'm trying to get like quick information, like right. We're meeting somewhere, or you're going home, and I want to know where you are in your commute. Call, because it's like sometimes I just get annoyed with typing on my phone all day. But okay. yeah. What do you think of this episode, Braden? <clears throat> I thought it was a good episode. <clears throat> Nice. I enjoyed this episode. Are your feelings about the like way that they're treating the MS have they changed at all? Are you still annoyed with it? Do you think there's some like more validity now to the problem that it presents because of the lie, not so much the disease? Uh yeah. I think the reality is it would be a big news story. Now we'll see how it really plays out in the show. I'm kind of interested to kind of compare that with what's been going on in this presidency uh, lately. And we'll see. Because I don't know. It seems like it will be difficult for the television program to sustain the level of outrage that some of these news stories kind of generate week after week after week. Like we've been in these Russia investigations for months now. That's been kind every of every day is new stuff. Every day there's new crazy crap going on. So we'll see. I have a feeling just because of the nature of this television program, they can't possibly it cannot possibly get uh the treatment that it's kind of building up to. How much the characters are building it up and how it's really gonna wreck the administration. I, I we'll we'll see how it plays out. All right. I don't know. I really like the Babish scenes. I think those are super good. Yeah. His, his like I think those make the most interesting points and he like there's little, you know, twists within the scenes themselves where like there's set up expectations and he's able to like get people to change their opinions and stuff or change their story just by asking questions. Like I thought those are really well done. The side plots are a bit forced to like be a weird parallel i think in a way that doesn't quite work as well as the show would probably hope they do it feels like filler right like i think the ones even last week were probably better the like the one about sam being the lawyer and wanting to like go against this client and like that that whole parallel to the babish finding out and having a response so i don't think they did those as well but overall like the tension in the episode like they're they're still like ramping up that like intensity and like dread that all the characters are having and they're all the characters are in that mode now except for sam who's like blithely going on doing his like sexist uh (laughs) offensive thing it's really nice worst sam i think the great thing about oliver babish is that there is like a super intelligent character who is like not on the side of the staff necessarily like he he's like adversarial to them and he's actually good at it and and intelligent whereas i think a lot of people who are like doing things against the senior staff or the president are 
there's always like a big Keith Overman type speech at the end by someone from the senior mm-hmm. staff. And then it's like, oh, this person's just an idiot. And they like win the argument. Well, he's he's adversarial to them in support. Right. And trying to help them. Yeah. He's like, right. I'm, I have to do this so that you like tell me the truth. And yeah. like, I'm like stealing you for the things that are going to come. Yeah. But by he, like asking these hard questions first. It's such a different dynamic than you ever see someone who is like adversarial to them. And I think that's why he's so interesting. Yeah, I think this show actually like puts him on like a bit of a pedestal above a lot of the main characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um it seems like Josh is like the only one responding to the whole situation. The well. CJ is like destroyed. I mean, he's had a couple days, I guess. Like he's farther along in the process, but like Toby like lost his fucking mind. Yeah. Um Josh seems like he just like was like, "All right, I'm going to like start working on dealing with this bullshit now but like i don't think it like registered to him as like more of a fixer than toby and cj are they're more feels yeah they're more emotions and like principle too i think yeah well toby obviously was based on like the principle of the matter and whatever you know high moral standard he holds himself and other people to and then cj is like oh my god i may have implicated myself like one million times yeah where because she's actually the one speaking on behalf of the president whereas josh is always working in the background so do we do we find out having talked through the whole thing is did cj affirmatively lie at any point or was it or was she do we only think that because of the way that she saw the injection and assumed something well the need versus should like what information do i need to know versus should she definitely lied about that because she's like i can't remember and then when she divulged to abby that it's definitely need and she specifically but that's not a lie that. in the way that she had talked spoken previously yeah, i don't i do not think that she lied well, she i do not that, think that she was a willing participant in a conspiracy well, to no. commit fraud i mean she just lied to oliver babish about that right, specifically right. But she isn't, I don't think she's necessarily lied on the grand scheme, like to the press or anything. Is willful ignorance lying? No. I don't think so. The only answer to that is there's sort of like a sliding scale of intent. And it's like, you know, negligence, gross negligence, recklessness, knowledge, and purpose. Right? And I think willful ignorance was like between recklessness, recklessness and knowledge. But I think that she she didn't even know what she didn't know, you know. So if she had if she knew like, affirmatively that the president had some sort of medical problem and then she was specifically asking, like, do I need to know anything? That's one thing. But she only saw a thing that made her think maybe there's something. Right. But is, does she have an obligation to the press? She has no obligation to the press. Yeah, absolutely not. Her whole thing is only like giving out the information that her bosses tell her to get out. No, but I know I understand that. And and what I'm saying is, did she lie? She's lied about all sorts of things to the press because her obligation is to, you know, national security, the president, all sorts of other stuff, not the press, right? But that's not the but issue. But when the she issue said, is in, I've lied many, many times, what did she mean by that? She and her she like, told the press that he was in excellent health when that was not true. Okay. It's that simple. Right. The, the American people were like, how is the president's health? And she said, it's 
it's impeccable. It's but, super but good. She, but she didn't tell Babish about the injections. Right. As far as we know. I right. think they would have made a scene out of that, right? Yeah. Or maybe it's, she did well, that. I think in the last episode when the president met with him, he was said that he gets injections. And I think that I want to say that he Babish like figured out that it's not through a doctor. Like mm-hmm. that he sees otherwise. Yeah, he did figure that out. Yeah. But so th- he I knows. Mean, think about the press secretary, right? If if you would were to take it to a, an extreme, you would want the press secretary to press secretary to be completely ignorant of everything. And then anytime anyone asks the press secretary anything, the press secretary cannot divulge any information. But they But that's not tried... what people expect. From yeah. a political point of view, you have to walk this balance between ostensibly being able to say that the press secretary is in the inner circle and knows enough to be able to accurately inform the public. But on the other hand, you don't want that because then they're put in a position to where they have to lie to the public and lose the public's trust. And then you have to get a new press secretary. So it's like this, it's kind of a schizophrenic self-contradictory thing where we want, we don't, why would we even cover a press secretary that we knew didn't know anything? So there is an implicit representation that the press secretary has done some investigation in order to have accurate answers in order to give that to the American people. So if you think that her willful willful ignorance is like a breach of that implicit obligation to at least do some investigating and only lie when it's in the interest of national security or some greater good, then yes, she has kind of like breached her loyalty to the people. Okay, sure. Yeah. I buy it. Cool. What do yeah. you got on that paper? I just drew an amazing 69. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty like symmetrical. Yeah, and you're seeing it upside down. Do you know I drew the... it like this. You're seeing the 96. Oh, the, my six is your nine. Yeah, oh, baby. Oh. I love it when you say that. But look at it, <laughs> look at it like that. It's even better. The skill no, of, exactly of the how you've drawn <laughs> this is you didn't use straight lines for the little straight parts. Well, that's it, it makes me them. mad that I draw a six like this, but then when I draw a nine, I it's do it like that. Yeah, same. So, but when, if you want to do it's the proper 69, six, you have to do it special way. Do you cross yeah. your sevens? Yeah. You gotta. Baby, I cross my Zs. No, I do too. <laughs> the fart. <laughs> Why not put an extra stroke in? Do you do you do put an extra stroke in for your zeros? Yeah. Yes. That How do you know if they're O's or zeros? And the seven. And yeah. the seven. Seven gets it. Seven gets the zero it. gets it, yeah. and the Z gets it. Anything yeah. else? How do you know if it's a two T- or a Z? I, I, I cross. I put a dash on my T's. Yeah, yeah, a nice D- T dash. Not me. You don't. I'm it's old just, school. It looks like an L. Yeah, baby. Okay, we're going pretty long. Yeah. Uh, All right. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thank uh, you so we'll much for listening, um, everybody. We got we got t- two more on the season. We're round rounding the last base or whatever. That's, is that a sport yeah, a metaphor? Cool. Um, okay. The last so, base of the 20-yard line. Good night. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Mom. Bye.